yeah, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I did not do it. I didn't stay consistent. I'm sorry. Thank you for poking me today and letting me know that it was time to keep going, keep going, keep going. Friend, I appreciate your support and love and attention. Thank you. Uh, I have been going through it. I have been going through it. And lucky for you, this is not the podcast that I recorded while I was going through it. <laughs> this is, no one needs to hear that. But what I can share with you is that there's been a lot going on. <laughs> but I got my nose pierced at the beginning of the month. And I'd been thinking about it for a while. And I was really feeling like I needed a, like a rite of passage something that would remind me every day, every morning when I looked in the mirror that I am this new version of me. And who that new version is has been someone who was kind of flowing through life for the past couple months in a really lovely and fun way. And that has not so much been the case over the last couple of days. And I was struggling to figure out how to get myself back on track, how to get myself back in that like good vibra vibration feeling and why I wasn't there and why the things that I typically do to get myself back weren't working. And then I figured it out today. So here's what happened. My son, who is staying with his dad right now, and uh, that is on the other side of the country, uh, let me know that he is going on a tour of the high school there. And needless to say, I uh, got a lot of thoughts and feels around that, and I had them. <laughs> I had them today, but it was four days after that was initially told to me. And what I understand now is that there was a part of me that when I heard that, uh, decided to not feel my feelings until it was something that became real, that it wasn't necessary to feel anything around that because it wasn't uh, true or real yet. And that that would be something to uh, feel my way through should it become reality. Uh, and then I spent the next four days trying to figure out why I didn't feel right. And what it comes down to is that I wasn't emotionally current. And if you haven't heard that phrase before, it's this idea, right, that you can do all of the work and you can process through all of your past trauma and you can, you can do the medicine, you can do the plant medicine, you can heal all of the things, but life still continues to happen. There's no arriving. And there will still continue to be moments of traumatic experience, moments of sadness, moments of deep loss, especially if you're living a big full life, that that's the inevitable. And, you know, I, I know I've talked about 
sort of processing through and falling in love with those feelings because they're all part of this experience that we get to have. But, you know, it's when something like this happens, I think I was doing a little bit of like love and light bypassing, to be honest. I was like, it's going to all work out. He's not going to make this choice. It's going to be fine. We'll just put this aside and think positively. And, you know, um, there's much more nuance than that. And my body knew that. Uh, And so when I started recording this podcast earlier today and then started talking about it, the next thing I know, I'm literally sobbing. And I was, you know, sad for all of the, the reasons that I think you would understand. But on top of that, I also had this really interesting moment where I realized that this was an opportunity for me to reach out and get support and have a friend who could help me through this. And then I I didn't have to be sad alone. And that, in fact, this is part of my growth process is it scares me to reach out to people, especially when I'm feeling vulnerable. Just like reaching out for help in a moment of deep sadness, it, it took me, it took me a minute to, uh, to figure out what to do and where to go. And then I have to tell you that the minute that I made that phone call, uh, it was like I shifted into a new dimension. And in that world, the next thing you know, my phone is blowing up with support from uh, people who, old friends who I haven't heard from in years or months or, and suddenly I'm like getting, coincidentally, I'm getting all of this prize, random love. Once I took that action to change the way that I was going to handle this moment of sadness and vulnerability, everything changed. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you reached out to me randomly on a Sunday afternoon, you have no, now you know how much it, it meant to me. It meant so much to me. So thank you, angels. Thank you, angels, for listening to your intuition and reaching out to me it must have popped in your mind and your messages and your support and your love was received and it was amazing and it's I could like cry uh talking about it so thank you for that there are a couple things about doing this podcast that have really felt amazing really amazing and today was one of those days uh, that this really seemed to make sense. And I appreciate that because um, <laughs> doesn't matter how confident you are, doesn't matter how faithful you are, how sure you are, or every once in a while, it's just really nice to have those affirmations come your way. So finding your way back when you're spiraling 
out of your highest vibration is a really key element to staying in a flow state, to staying in a state of high vibration where your cup is full, where you can give and give and give because you feel so resourced. And, you know, I've been talking about this, the importance of being resourced all of the time. The fact that, you know, going through life, draining our batteries saying that we're drained and then having to go and like check out somewhere in order to recharge our batteries only to drain them again. Like this is a boring, stale, tired story. And it's not, it's not how to do this life at all. And I know this, I feel this in my bones. I understand this. It's been my theme for the past year is thinking about how healers don't understand their own boundaries and deplete themselves. And then they're under-resourced and they can't do the healing work that they need to do. Um, And surprise, here I am (laughs) being under-resourced today and being out of touch with my emotions and not being emotionally current, and I got to the other side of it, uh, which is lovely, but, you know, I would love to shorten that gap. Uh, I think four days was a little bit too long. (laughs) I I missed uh, being fully resourced and light and fun and playful. It is my favorite state. Uh, So learning, 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 growing, growing, growing. You know, I will say to note to self, you were drinking uh, quite a bit more, not a lot, but more than you have been, which has been basically nothing. So that's interesting, too. Like, did it take me this long to get there because I was masking my emotions with alcohol? And distraction. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that might also be true. That's cute. So I don't know what's going to happen. I there is a very good chance that my life could look entirely different in a month. I could I could have a I could be on a completely different trajectory, one that is hard for me to imagine right now. I've been joking today about uh, feeling like I am being fired from my job as mom. You know, I've been a primary caregiver to two amazing children for 18 years And to be at this moment where I'm like two years away from having an empty nest and then to suddenly have that possibility of of that time getting cut short, that the initial reaction is like, hell no, hell no, that's not happening. But then I had to really get clear on what a teenage boy might need and how I've brought him to this point where he is now a young man 
who is searching for what it means to be a man. And the good news is that I have created this independent, big-hearted boy who is looking to become a man and wants to learn what that looks like and is taking into consideration the needs of his non-custodial parent. And I don't know where he's going to land with this. And I, my heart aches for him in that he feels like there's this big momentous choice ahead of him. And in a lot of ways it is. It's going to change. He could radically change the direction of his life. And I will be, you know, cheering him on in whatever, whatever capacity he wants or needs me to be there for him. And, you know... It may not be in the capacity that I want to be there for him, but I trust that he is thoughtful and that he uh, is listening to his heart and he's going to decide what he needs. And that's going to be interesting. So no idea how, <laughs> no idea how this is going to play out. But my guess is I will probably know in April. So I also have some other big shifts and changes in my life right now that I can't, uh, it's a little bit too soon to talk about. So it's a lot of shifting and a lot of changing and a lot of adjusting. So I don't know if you know this, but this is my podcast laboratory, which is why there's all kinds of stuff happening in here. There's narrative podcasts, there's my stream of consciousness verite, and I have decided what I want to try next. So... Oh my gosh. Okay. So first of all, uh, Accuracy Third is this Burning Man podcast and they interviewed me to tell some of my stories and that podcast episode just came out and it's really fun. Uh, so if you are curious about that, the podcast is called Accuracy Third and it's stories that I'm telling, and they're not the same stories that I told in the Not not Real Art podcast. It's a different, different stories, believe it or not. I got plenty of those. So Accuracy Third podcast comes out, and I am thinking about my experience of Burning Man and how I go to the burn. And one of the things that I love doing, it's my favorite thing to do when I'm there, is that entire city is like a giant choose-your-own-adventure, and around every corner is something just fantastical and wild and different and unexpected. And so I just like sometimes just walking out into the city and seeing where my curiosity takes me, like what what, where does my intuition and my instinct and my attention 
go and when I follow that direction, what happens? And when I do that, it's so magical. So, oh, let me just, I'll give you an example of it. Okay. So my, this story is so crazy too. It's really, it's really wild. So I'm there with my sister and we've decided to uh, get on our bikes and ride around town, ride around the city and look at art. This is our sort of sister date on the playa. And the year is 2017. And so we start riding our bikes and we turn down this random street and the city is enormous. I don't know if you know this, it's 70,000 people. If you have someone's address and you're trying to find them, it is not easy to do. So if you ran into something randomly and then you like try to find it again, it's almost impossible. It's part of the beauty of the city is everything is so ephemeral and transient and you have to practice immediacy because you just may never find it. If you don't enjoy it, then you may never, you may never see it again. You probably will never see it again. So that is the context from which I tell this story, which is that we're driving down the street and up ahead, we see these three acrylic boxes, giant clear boxes. And inside these giant clear boxes are these beautiful spheres that are floating. And so we pull our bikes over to the side and we get off and we're like looking at these boxes and we're trying to figure out how they're working. And uh, the next thing you know, the artist is there and he says, hey, you know, I'm. do you want to know how they work? And we're like, yes. And so he presses this button and one of the spheres starts changing And it turns out what it's doing is slowing down. And so it comes to a stop. And basically, it's just a ring with LED lights around the outside. And he's like, I program the lights to make designs. And so then I spin it at like 430 rotations. And it creates this illusion of a sphere. And... I'm like, ooh, can you make like a whole dance floor? Like I want like a dance floor filled with glowing orbs spinning. And he is laughing and he's like, well, I actually do have an idea about what I want to do. And we're like, what is it? And he's like, I want to position seven of them kind of around each other. And then I want to program the lights so that when they spin – they create a hologram in the center. Like the lights are programmed so that they are all coordinating with each other in these seven different spheres. And when they are spinning at the same time, the uh, illusion is that this hologram appears in the middle. And we're just like, oh my God, yes, you have to do that. Like you, that is amazing and cool. And I need to see that. So please, please, please artist and inventor, keep working. Uh, So we thank him for his art and we ride off into the desert. Zero. Chances of running into that again, zero. So now we're in 2019 and I'm back at Burning Man and it's the middle of the week and I'm riding my bike by myself out in the city looking to find a rabbit hole to follow. 
And I had had this really great night where I had been, this friend and I had had this amazing dance party and then they had to leave because they had someone they had to go meet up with. And so now I was like kind of loose ends and not sure what direction to head. And I start riding down the street and I come up to an intersection and I take a left and there I see them. On the left-hand side of the road, halfway down the street, I'm like, there are those freaking acrylic boxes. And so, of course, I'm going to ride my bike directly over there. And, of course, the artist is there again. And I'm like, hey, I saw your art two years ago. And at the time, you know, you said this. And he was laughing and he's like, yes, he's like, I've been working on it, but the problem, I'm having a problem with the cords and like figuring out how to make connections disappear so that the effect works and blah, blah, blah. So he hadn't quite, he's still working on it, hadn't quite gotten there yet. And then he says to me, well, have you seen the little, uh, have you been down the Japanese alley? And I'm like, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he goes, oh, he's like, you haven't found it yet. And I'm like, no, what do you mean? And he's like, well, there is this street around the corner where they have turned it into one of those tiny alleys like they have in Japan where they have those like little tiny bars and sushi restaurants and where there's only you can only fit like four or five people in each one and I'm like oh my gosh like I have to go and he's like yeah you have to go and he goes so what you're gonna do is you're gonna ride down this street you're gonna take a left on seven you're gonna go about halfway down and when you see a bunch of bikes on the right that kind of look like they're parked and you're not really sure why there's so many bikes there because there's nothing really going on yeah duck through that archway right there and you'll find your way back into the, the alley. And so, yeah, I did it. I get back there and it's there's all these tiny little bars. And the brilliance of having tiny little bars of only four or five or five people maximum is that every bar that you walk into you end up having to talk with the other people in the bar. It's too small to not do that. And so it's so cozy and it's so friendly and fun. And I go into this bar called the Green Fairy and I walk in and they're like, hey, they're like, welcome to the Green Fairy. You, you know, we, we have these drinks that we can give you. But all we ask is for you to tell a story. And... So I was like, well, I actually have a story for you. And I ended up telling him the story and that's, and I ended it with, and that's how I found you. And so that is a really long way of saying that I feel like this podcast laboratory is about to take a turn. And the turn that I'm, I'm wanting to do is I want to go down the rabbit hole but in real life you know right like you go down the rabbit hole on the internet and it leads to bad places like do not recommend zero out of ten <laughs> but what if going down the rabbit hole in real life leads to really magical like where could it lead where could it lead and so my first curiosity 
was a conversation that I was having with a friend about intentional communities. And I've always been sort of curious about them. I actually had a minor stay on a commune when I was a little girl. And that probably left it's probably left some ideas in my head about what intentional living looks like. But I know that there are a lot of people talking about and thinking that this that that this idea of all of us living in our own houses by ourselves in these small little you know immediate family units is maybe not the that's maybe not the American dream anymore. It was the American dream, but for a variety of reasons it feels like there's a sense that there's a new American dream that doesn't have anything to do with being so separated and detached from community. And to bring this even fuller circle, Burning Man has 10 principles. And the principles that I don't remember are the ones that I obviously need to work on. (laughs) The principles that I can tell you what they are and what they mean off the top of my head, I got those. So I'm going to be paying attention to the two that don't come, the two or more that don't come easily to me. There were two. I I got eight of them. But the two that I did not get were around civic engagement and community. And so that was what led me to thinking about intentional community And that is what led me to talk to my friend who's been researching intentional communities around the world. And then he sent me to this guy locally in Boulder who's kind of an expert at at initiating intentional communities. And so that is going to be my first kind of magical soup rabbit hole podcast is sort of looking into what the modern intentional community looks like and and what's happening in co-housing and sort of where are the areas that I have a lot of judgment about it and what why does someone opt for this lifestyle. So we'll see where it takes me and we'll see how long it takes me to produce that episode. I don't know how what the format is quite yet. It's kind of like a big lump of clay and I'm not sure if it wants to be a vase or a bowl or (laughs) who knows. Dream big, think big and dream big. We create our own reality. The, The life that surrounds you is there because you're choosing it. And then, you know, understand, remind myself that the universe is conspiring for my greatness And all that is ahead of me is in support of me. And it's having faith in moments like this where you don't know what's going to happen. And I don't know. It's, It's easy to have faith when things are going your way. It's a lot harder to have faith when you don't understand why things are happening the way that they're happening. Um but that is the practice. So (laughs) you were lifesavers and angels today. You were the support that I needed. And it means a lot. 
that you're listening. And I don't know, I guess you knew I needed you. And so you reached out. And I'm really, really grateful for that. So I hope you are listening. Thank you.